Alright, so everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash ringslore, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash ringslore, expressvpn.com slash ringslore to learn more. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. We are inside the very entrance to Gondolin. The pathway that you would have to walk through, the one entryway, unless you were riding on the back of an eagle or in its grasp. And that's not mining that's happening here in this pathway. This is the sound of blocking up the passage, breaking free rocks, moving them to the front and closing the only way in to Gondolin. This will be the blocked entryway that Hurin runs into and desperately calls out to Turgin once he is free again. Now if you go back and you remember that moment, Hur was witnessed doing this. So eventually this blocked entryway is not going to amount to much. So let's let them keep working on this 
section here, uh, we're going to recap a few things in order to bring you up to speed. On the last episode, Turgan was presented with Olmo's wisdom. Somebody had arrived telling him exactly what he needs to do. Leave this beautiful city that you have constructed and head to the coast. Take your people and go to the coast. And unfortunately, we don't know necessarily what Olmo had in mind once they got to the coast. Would Olmo ferry them back over to Valinor? Was there something else that was going to happen next? Because Turgen does not take this counsel. He orders this passageway shut and decides to bide his time in hiding from Morgoth. But of course that won't be enough. We are at a point in the Silmarillion where, and I mentioned this on the previous episode, time is going to move fairly quickly here. The number of events and the descriptions of the events will be minimal. It's as if Tolkien didn't quite get to the point where he really fleshed out these stories the same way that he did with Turin or Baron and Luthien. So, get ready. Hold on to your pants. Hold on to something. (laughs) This is going to get interesting. So we get the continuation of the story from the point at which Tour shows up and is welcomed into Gondolin. And he's he's a very well-treated guest. And seven years passes by. And he remains in a place of honor for seven years, proving that he is a good person, somebody who's willing to contribute to society becomes a friend of Turgan's, eventually falls in love with Idril, Turgan's daughter. This sounds like some of the stories that we've heard before. Man shows up, becomes friends with the king or challenges the king, ends up marrying a princess, that kind of thing, right? Same kind of thing. Very fairy tale focused, very much influenced from fairy tales and mythology and all of that. And like a good fairy tale, there's a bad guy who wants to have the hand of the princess as well. This bad guy this time is Maeglin. And this has been foreshadowed multiple times. Maeglin's story is rough from the beginning. And yet Maeglin is treated with respect by Turgon given a place of honor, and yet Maeglin has his own plans. He doesn't necessarily love Idril, but he loves what having her hand would do in consolidating power in Gondolin. So when Tour shows up and wins her heart, that's a problem. That creates an issue. 
So how does this work out? Seven years go by and Turgan is just okay with this man who showed up seven years ago, which in the lifespan of the elves is not a very long time. Well, we're told that, and specifically there's a passage here, but so high did Tur stand in the favor of the king that when he had dwelt there for seven years, Turgan did not refuse him the hand of his daughter. For though he would not heed the bidding of Ulmo, he perceived that the fate of the Noldor was wound with the one whom Ulmo had sent. And he did not forget the words that Hur spoke to him before the host of Gondolin departed from the battle of unnumbered tears. Then there was made a great and joyful feast, and Tour had won the hearts of all that people, save only of Maeglin and his secret following. And thus there came to pass the second union of elves and men. This is only the second time that this has happened. Baron and Luthien, Tour and Idril. And if you remember on some of the earlier episodes, we talked about the combining of elves and men and the lineage and how that is all connected through to characters like Aragorn. So this is an important moment. And then we get the description of their child in the spring of the year after was born in Gondolin, Arendil, half elven. And that was 500 years and three since the coming of the Noldor to Middle-earth. We're given another timestamp here for us to get a sense of when things are. Of surpassing beauty was Arendil, for a light was in his face as the light of heaven. And he had the beauty and the wisdom of the Eldar and the strength and hardihood of the men of old. And the sea spoke ever in his ear and heart, even as with Tur his father. Arendil will become a very important figure. And the section there about the sea is going to pay off <laughs> at some point. Now, we're also reminded in this part of the chapter that other things in the world have been happening. So the people of Gondolin here are aware now of the downfall of Nargothrond. The eagles have been bringing them messages about what's going on in the outside world, which of course makes them even more careful and more willing to be hidden away. But what they don't know for sure is that their secret has gotten out. It says here, wherein the hidden kingdom lay had been at last revealed to Morgoth by the cries of Hurin, when standing in the wilderness beyond the encircling mountains and finding no entrance, he called on Turgon in despair. Thereafter, the thought of Morgoth was bent unceasing on the mountainous land between Anak and the upper waters of Syrian, whither his servants had never passed. Reminding us that none of them had ever been over in that section of the world. And still no spy or creature of Angband could come there because of the vigilance of the eagles. The eagles maintained a perimeter for them. And so any creatures that were coming in, the eagles would spy them and pick them off. So the elves don't know that Morgoth knows that they're there. They still feel protected. And yet Idril, we're told, is wise and far-seeing, and her heart misgave her. That's what the text says. Foreboding crept upon her as a cloud. She had a sense that 
things were not going to be okay very soon. And so she prepares a secret way that should lead down from the city and passing out beneath the surface of the plain issued far beyond the walls, northward of Ammon Gwarath. And she contrived that the work would be known to few and no whisper of it came to Meglin's ears. She had constructed a secret exit, a secret path, a tunnel, just in case they needed to escape because they had blocked the entrance and they were surrounded by mountains. So not only were they hidden away in here, but they were also kind of fenced in. Should something terrible happen, they would not have an easy way out. And you have to remember that years are still passing. This isn't the kind of thing where Morgoth gets a a whiff of, oh, there are elves up in those mountains <laughs> and then just sends his armies over. Morgoth takes his time. He bides his time. He's building his forces. He's making sure that he is ready should the time come. And so yet other things still happen here. So we're given this story. Now on a time when Arendelle was yet young, Maeglin was lost. For he, as has been told, loved mining and querying after metals above all other craft, and he was a master and leader of the elves who worked in the mountains distant from the city, seeking after metals for their smithying of things both of peace and war. But after Maeglin went with few of his folk beyond the leaguer of the hills, and the king knew not that his bidding was defied, and thus it came to pass, as fate willed, that Maeglin was taken prisoner by orcs and brought to Angband. Maeglin went too far. He broke the, the rules, basically. He went over the hills and through the mountains, exploring in order to mine things, and went beyond the realm of Gondolin. And of course, there are orcs out there just waiting for somebody to come out and he was captured and we're given some more insight here into his personality because what does Morgoth do when he captures elves that happen to have knowledge? Well, he tortures them, right? He tries to get the information out of them. He does terrible things in this situation. It's not that different. Now we do have some specifics here. Meglin was taken prisoner by the orcs, but we're now told that, Quote, Megan was no weakling or craven, but the torment wherewith he was threatened cowed his spirit. So he's not a weakling. He's not craven, but mm, the threat of the torment was too much. He wasn't loyal to the point that certain other characters would have been in this kind of situation. And it goes on and says, and he purchased his life and freedom by revealing to Morgoth the very place of Gondolin and the ways whereby it might be found and assailed. So now not only does Morgoth have a sense that Gondolin is up in that ring of mountains somewhere, but this is specifically where it is. And this would be the best way to attack it. Thanks, Meglin. This right here is one of the reasons why Meglin is known as one of the most despicable characters in the entire mythology. And we see characters like this a lot. 
There are definitely characters in other stories. I mean, you could think of Wormtongue or uh, there's a number of others that do not stay loyal and then are promised power and money or the hand of the person that they want. And this is enough to sway them. Every time this happens in Tolkien's work, I'm pretty sure every single time this happens and a character gives into it, they are automatically a bad guy. They are now on that side of the aisle. And maybe this gives us insight into Tolkien's perspective of the real world and how he views individuals, people in places of power who are willing to do things that are contrary to the benefit of the other people in society in order to gain power, money, whatever for themselves. I would have to wonder what Tolkien's perspective on current political situations would be. I have a feeling. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts. And Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell, and a finger reader. All the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Eufy to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply we can kind of guess. So Meglin is promised a few different things here. The Lordship of Gondolin as Morgoth's vassal. How much would you want to actually rule a place like Gondolin? 
underneath a terrible lord like Morgoth. Does that even sound appealing? Well, it must have to Meglin. Also, he was promised, quote, possession of Idril Celebrindal. Possession. Anytime you seek to possess another human being, or elf in this case, you're probably not a good person. And then after all of this, Morgoth sends Maeglin back so that Maeglin can work from the inside and aid the assault from within. And then we're given this line. And he abode in the halls of the king with smiling face and evil in his heart, while the darkness gathered ever deeper upon Idril. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, including our newest patrons, Will M, and then uh, Tour Son of Hoor ninety seven and TJT, both upgraded to uh, from a tier two to a tier three, so they can get t shirts and uh, shout outs every week. So thank you for that. Also, we have some other new ones: Elizir, Luke M, and Joel M. Welcome to the Patreon, everybody. So glad that you're here. Thank you for your support. And we have to shout out all of our VIP tier patrons. Here we go. AK Music Lover, Austin C, Bo, Brad S, Brandy D, Chewbacca, Christopher D, David S, David M, Drupal, Esoteric Rage, uh, Gavin Alaf, I think I pronounced that correctly, Jesse P, Katie, Katie S, Capenna, Larry, Lauren C, Nick K, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Patrick W, Sam B, Shannon L, T-Rex, TJ, T, Tour Son of Whore, uh, Tyler M, and Wes P. Wow, there's so many of you. Thank you so much for your support. And to all 184 of our patrons, thank you for being here. If you are interested in checking out what you can get on the Patreon ad-free episodes, t-shirts now, all sorts of fun stuff, go to patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast patreon.com slash lotr lorecast also thank you to those of you who take the time to leave a rating and a review on apple podcasts those of you who leave a five-star rating and review will get read out on a future episode of the show so we've got a few of those to read out right now let's see we've let's start with uh this is from frodo Brandybuck, which is a fun little combination from great britain who writes really good g-u-d good makes my day Well, thank you, Frodo. Also, we have one from Barney Bombadil, another interesting name uh, from the U.S. He writes, Hooked, I am fairly new to podcasts, but this is fabulous. I am a true nerd of the rings, having read The Silmarillion, Hobbit, and Lord of the Rings at least five or six times, as well as most of the other works and publications by Christopher Tolkien. This analysis of Silmarillion is fascinating because Tom explains things in an in-depth manner, including a lot of things I would never have thought of. The show has made my many road trips much more fun as well as keeping me awake (laughs) keep this going forever i just joined as a patron and am getting my brother and others involved so trying to drum up more business for you well i appreciate that that's awesome tom has vast in-depth knowledge and an elegant way of delivering it without pretension and i sense he is a humble yet fanatical fan of tolkien's work well thank you so much um barney bombadil wonderful name very very kind review thank you for that 
Uh, one more, we've got your average cool queer kid. I think it's all one word, but I think that's what it comes out to from the United States who writes nice or noise, N-O-I-C-E. Really well done. The knowledge and these guys have is insane. Uh, I'm only one guy, but I could be more than one guy if you want. That's fine. Um, <laughs> thank you for the review. So if you would like to leave a future review, I uh, will read it out, of course. And if you listen on Spotify, that's a great place for you to drop a rating. Five star ratings on there are extremely helpful. Plus, you can comment on the more recent episodes and tell me what you thought about the episodes and post some kind stuff there. That would be awesome as well. So thank you. I know I said amazing and awesome a lot. I'm sorry. I only have so many words to do this. Um, but thank you for being here. Let's move on with the rest of the story because things are getting dire. At last, in the year when Erendil, or Erindil, I think is how they pronounce it sometimes on some of the shows. Erindil. Uh, there we go. I rolled my tongue a little bit. Hey, that's that's hard. That's hard for me to do with this American voice of mine. Um, Erindil was seven years old. Morgoth was ready, and he loosed upon Gondolin his Balrogs and his orcs and his wolves, and with them came dragons, plural of the brood of Glarung. We get everything. He pulls out all the stops here. Orcs, wolves, balrogs, and dragons, plural. And they were now become many and terrible. This is the most dangerous host Morgoth has ever sent out. It goes on. The host of Morgoth came over the northern hills where the height was greatest and the watch least vigilant. He pushed them over the highest hills, the highest pass, because he knew that there would be less people guarding there because Maglin told him. And it came at night upon a time of festival when all the people of Gondolin were upon the walls to await the rising sun and to sing their songs at its uplifting. For the morrow was the great feast that they named the Gates of Summer. But the red light mounted the hills in the north and not in the east. We're talking about the difference between the light of the army that is marching on them as opposed to sunrise. Now, he doesn't specify here, but what I think he's trying to say is the red light of torches of the enemy. They're moving at night and they're bringing with them some amount of light or potentially burning things as they go. Oh, and it goes on. And there was no stay in the advance of the foe until they were beneath the very walls of Gondolin. And the city was beleaguered without hope. So he marches in from the most unexpected direction during a time of celebration. Hmm. During a time of celebration comes at them from an angle that they didn't expect. He's done this before. He didn't have an army with him, but he had a 
giant otherworldly being that was willing to suck out the sap of the trees. This is how Morgoth works. And like I noted at the beginning of this episode, the details here are fairly sparse. So let's look and see what it actually says about this conflict. And I, I can imagine a version of this much more in depth and detailed, but we are given something of the deeds of desperate valor there done by the chieftains of the noble houses and their warriors, and not least by Tour, much is told in the fall of Gondolin and the battle of Ecthelion of the Fountain with Gothmog, Lord of the Balrogs, in the very square of the king, where each slew the other. Ecthelion was one of those names, one of those characters I told you to hold on to. We've seen characters go up against Balrogs before. Balrogs, if you recall, are Maiar. Maiar spirits embodied in these terrible forms. Gothmog we've met before as well, a few hundred years back. And you might remember that Gothmog was the one who landed the final blow on Feanor. This is Feanor's killer. And Ecthelion, in this moment, stands his ground at the fountain with his men and fights Gothmog to both of their deaths. What this looks like, we don't get a description. We can only imagine it in our minds. But Ecthelion must have been one heck of a warrior in order to take on the Lord of the Balrogs. This goes on and says, And of the defense of the Tower of Turgon by the people of his house, until the tower was overthrown, and mighty was its fall, and the fall of Turgon in its ruin. The tower is physically overthrown, knocked over. Tour sought to rescue Idril from the sack of the city, but Maeglin had laid hands on her, and on Arendil, who was only seven at this point. And Tour fought with Maeglin on the walls, and cast him far out, and his body, as it fell, smote the rocky slopes of Amangwarath thrice ere it pitched into the flames below. Tour runs to the rescue of his wife, who is being taken away by Maeglin and his son, fights him on the walls and launches him over the side. Then Tour and Idril led such remnants of the people of Gondolin as they could gather in the confusion of the burning down the secret way which Idril had prepared. And of that passage, the captains of Angband knew nothing and thought not that any fugitives would take a path towards the north and the highest parts of the mountain and the nighest to Angband, the nighest meaning nearest, closest to. The fume of the burning and the steam of the fair mountains of Gondolin withering in the flame of the dragons of the north fell upon the vale of tomb laden in mournful mists. And thus was the escape of Tour and his company aided. For there was still a long and open road to follow from the tunnel's mouth to the foothills of the mountains. Nonetheless, they came thither and beyond hope they climbed in woe and misery, for the high places were cold 
and terrible. And they had among them many that were wounded and women and children. They are able to escape with some of the people of Gondolin through this passage, which went directly north. Morgoth came from the least likely angle into Gondolin. And we're described here, which I think connects to the red light they see, the burning of the forests by the dragons. And yet in this desperate moment, Tour and Idril and Erindil and some of the people make it out through this secret passage to the north in a direction that Morgoth would never have expected. And remember, he only knew what Maeglin was able to tell him and Maeglin had no knowledge of this secret passage. And so these people find safety. And you have to picture it as they go. Their world is burning. This is the last of the elven kingdoms and one of the most beautiful. And as they leave, around them, behind them, sounds of battle, fire, and burning. And there's nothing they can do. They know they can't stand up to dragons and balrogs in order to fight for their city. They are overrun. And so they do the only thing they can possibly do. They take wounded and women and children and any other survivors that are able to come with them out through the secret passage so that they can at least live another day. And maybe they'll come up with a way to make things right. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio, or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes, or just search Robots Radio Discord, or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.